Sleep doesn't have to be hard. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered. I'm Dr. Vaughn, and I'm a licensed psychologist. And I'm Dr. Zatuni, and I'm a board-certified sleep and pulmonary physician. We are coming to you from Florida, and we're here to talk about sleep advice without a pill. Oh, yeah, I think we switched that part. <laughs> the Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. This podcast, oh, we have a typo there, is not intended for professional or legal advice. This podcast is not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions are major health issues and need to be individualized with your health care provider. Sleep takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. Be sure to seek the services of, of a professional if you are in need of them. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back in the sound recording studio at Dear Sleep Solutions. So it's great to see you again too, Michelle. So just a recap for those people that uh, have not been active listeners. But, um, or have followed our, 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 our podcast journey. stream, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we took a little break in the summer for a lot of different reasons, so we are back in person. And uh, it's been really nice. We have a lot of things to catch up on, and we have a lot of different topics that are planned for the next couple months. And, uh, Absolutely, looking we're, forward to We're looking to forward it. to talking to each other. So um, it's... Uh, you know, about a month or so into school when we're recording this uh, this podcast. Yeah. So even though you guys all think that school started a little bit ago, we want to talk about just kids and sleep mm -hmm. schedule. Absolutely. Especially sleep schedules as they change when you go back to school. But then also, since this is the fall, we'll have the, um, the hour change pretty soon in another maybe a few weeks or so. Um, and it's usually not the fall one that's as much of a... Of a challenge because that one everybody tends to enjoy but we definitely um, want to talk about how you get back in that routine when you've been on vacation or when you've just had a difficult time with getting your kids to bed early yeah um i mean kids and sleep schedules vary whether it's regarding school or other things mm -hmm. so i think it's really an important thing to talk about um, and you know a lot of times whether it's in your own house or you're in infiltrating someone else's house like you know mm -hmm. grandparents or or relatives and now the world's opening up a little bit um so people are moving yes, around play dates birthday parties are happening again there's a lot of exciting things that are happening that really can affect um kids routine and our own routine so i think it's it's kind of an important thing to talk about so uh, before we get into the sleep topic i just wanted to just touch base with you know how is school going Let's see. So it's going well so far. This is now how many months? We're like three, you know, two-ish months into the school year at this point. Um, and I would say it has been, I think the kids have been doing great. I feel like as a parent, it's been kind of super stressful. So, um, and my daughter's in a public school, so it's a very different experience down here in Florida sometimes on what the public school situation can look like as it relates to masks or no masks and uh, it's 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 been good from I think a kid perspective, but also pretty stressful. So yeah, um, my kids are a little older and they are in um, middle school, but a private school. Mm -hmm. And we've been back at school the entire time mm -hmm. last year and this year, um, other than those two months of uh, the world closing in right. between March and May. But uh, you know, for this for this year, I think there was a lot of excitement. You know, a lot of things that had been canceled are not canceled. There's mm -hmm. obviously some things that are still up in the air about being being um, real. But 
I think what's really exciting that the kids are excited about going back to school and mm-hmm. also they're excited about being able to do something. It may not look the same as it did before, so everything's brand new. Right. And I know when kids are your child's age, <laughs> um, everything's new because it hasn't been done before. But sometimes yeah. it's the, the too cool for school, right. you know, things that happen. And I think that, um, well, we all are just really grateful that we can see each other in three dimensions and it not be a hologram. Absolutely. Or be like a flat Zoom screen type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say, you know, from, from my daughter's perspective, this was, so she started kindergarten in the pandemic. Um and now now in first grade and it's i would say you know it's been a really interesting experience i think kids are actually pretty resilient even though this has been pretty stressful in a lot of different ways but um i think if you just kind of set some consistent kind of you know examples of like hey this is how you handle these things this is how you kind of navigate this stuff and sometimes you just don't even know how to respond to some things but you just kind of keep working with it and kind of figure it out i think it's been a helpful way to kind of see them navigate that too so that's cool but let me ask you this how has because i know it's been stressful for you how has it been as a parent to have your kids go back to school in the fall of 2021 well as a parent of a you know teen and preteen, um and going back to school as a parent i think that it really gives me a lot of hope mm-hmm. uh, not having school being more kids in person versus at home. Yeah. I think it was very limiting for for children to start start school and not really know what it was going to look like, and then have some parents. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably say this the wrong way, but some parents that did not choose to send their children to school versus mm-hmm. the rogue parents that did, and mm-hmm. I'm being one of those rogue parents that uh-huh. did, according to our our friend group population. It feels very good to know that this is the norm, that we're going sure. back to school. So it does seem a little bit more consistent for me. And last year, when my kids were going to school, my older child actually did end up getting COVID infection from school. Um, and, you know, I it wasn't a, a back and forth. We just navigated that already. Sure. So if things happen, you know, whether it's, you know, sick COVID or sick something else or a broken arm or a or, um, you know, a teacher that gets sick. These are things that at least it's not the first time we've navigated it. So I think that there is a comfort level. So I'm just tickled pink, honestly, Uh that that we are having more normalcy because it is a real problem that kids don't interact. Half half of it is not about education and learning subjects. It's about that interaction with other people. It's the socialization. and, And I agree, you get a lot more of that in person. But, you know, leading into our topic today, it really does make sense that we need to develop routines. So Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we talk about in our private practices Mm -hmm. is really about developing sleep routines. And we thought we'd focus on uh, kids this time. Absolutely. Because it's super helpful to think through, you know, if you are a parent and you're already probably exhausted, by the way, um, in more ways than one. But then how do you help set some, you know, good kind of guidance for your, your own little kiddos if they're having a difficult time with sleep as well? And one of the key parts, um, I think, and this is true for both adults, but definitely with, with kids as well, is helping them to create these routines that either can help them wind down at the end of the day 
or get started in the beginning of the day, just because both of those transition times are not easy. So I think that's really an important point to focus on Mm -hmm. is what does it constitute a transition and what is really appropriate for different people. So Mm -hmm. when when you talk about uh, transitioning from your day activities and being up and planning and doing to the night, which is the more the wind down, the relax and turn things off Mm -hmm. so that you can have that restful period before you start your day again. Um, how do you go about kind of setting that stage? Um, and then I'll tell you a little bit how I work that in my practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I would say with my own daughter, one of the ways that I've, I've established that is through a routine that I try and connect into just times of the day um, so that I always kind of know for myself when is it turning 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8 and, and various things like that. But then start the routine of honestly transitioning away from things that are pretty activating. And I guess what I mean by that, and this is the key word I think in general, is that you want you want your brain to start shifting to things that are kind of just boring, if that makes sense. Um, so things that aren't necessarily overstimulating from a visual perspective or even a, a, a super kind of communicative perspective. You just want to start transitioning into things like whether it's, you know, taking a shower at the end of the day or whether it's you know you're brushing your teeth or you're brushing your hair you're getting ready for bed like transitioning into those activities and then for my own daughter is doing story time um, that's been a big one and actually specifically lately has been asking her to imagine the story um, she's super excited to always kind of read stories right now but then also like imagining the story one of the big storybooks that we're reading right now is um, the mysterious benedict society there's a new show on Disney Plus that was on the first book of that. And so my daughter watched that and loved it so much that we actually picked up the second book in the series. There's four of them total, I think. Um, and she loves listening to me read The Mysterious Benedict Society, or the second one. And she's like, I'm going to close my eyes and imagine it now, which is kind of super sweet. But then she usually passes out within about like 10 minutes or so. And that brings up like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a point just because we've talked about it on the podcast before about mm-hmm. uh, the different senses. And mm-hmm. so what you're actually asking her to do is eliminate some of these extra input senses. Bingo. You got it. So if you think about it, and, and the same again is true for adults, if you think about your different aspects of sense, you know, sensory kind of experiences from both, you know, sight, sound, touch, smell, all of these things. Um, the more ways that you can just allow your body to de kind of just move into a lower level of arousal or a lower level of just kind of being activated by things, the more helpful you're going to be. And routines are a big part of that. So making sure that you establish this wind down routine for your kid um, or kids together. Uh, first we do this, then we do this, then we do that. And ideally giving yourself a solid like maybe... 30 to 45 minutes of allowing this kind of time to, to go by. I see you smiling over there, Michelle. <laughs> you have thoughts on this routine. Well, you know, it's it does sound all well and good when they're as young as she is. Correct. Right. It changes later. Um, yeah. You know, I think that you bring up some really good points, but what if you have those kids or the adults that really don't get sleepy and ready to close their eyes or waiting for that next thing. So Mm -hmm. 
One of the things I try and stay away from that you mentioned, uh, and this is just a different mm -hmm. perspective, but I try and stay away from using the clock as a time cue. Mm -hmm. When uh, kids are older or there's other um, competing you know, situations that are in ho different households, um, it doesn't end up being the same time every night. So I try to really have maybe um, a planned 30, 40 minute kind of wind down routine that is independent of that clock. So this means it could take effect at eight, nine o'clock at night or 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So I'll give the scenario of probably either an older child or someone that um, has been either traveling or different, different uh, after school activities. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get home, what is that thing that, that you do that is different than when you were out and about? So a lot of times I like to involve a routine of either changing clothes or taking off shoes. Mm -hmm. um, the other it's thing. It's like Mr. Rogers. It is, you know, cha <laughs> changing from, you know, your, your uh, school outfit to your non-school outfit or your play clothes or right. your PE type of play clothes from school to maybe just something clean and relaxing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you touched on the, the shower issue, and I think um, I, I would, obviously with kids, not necessarily use that shower routine at that point because the shower is a nice, you know, warm or cool, up, cool down your body. Mm -hmm. It's just you need to have that a little closer to when you're going to bed in uh, most kids, especially the teenagers. They get very, very stinky. So, um, so I like to kind of just have that kind of routine of, of changing clothes and relaxing and doing other things. In, in that period of that hour before, removing type of devices that you would use your eyes for. Sure. So there's a lot of homework that is involved with, uh, you know, maybe an older child. And homework might really help still get somebody in a routine, but removing the device forms of homework. So maybe they've developed uh, some flashcards, or maybe it's about organizing some notes. So that can still happen. Uh, and then the other thing, like you said, is about doing some sort of imagination or mm -hmm. reading type of routine that is separate from a school situation. Um, and again, another like five or 10 minutes. Uh, personally, I like to have them do a story that they've read before, uh, maybe something that is not stressful or taxing to mm -hmm. them something that they don't have to stop at a certain chapter. It's that they stop after they, um, you know, start losing track of it. Uh, and I don't really necessarily need it to be a specific amount of time, but it does involve settling your body down so you're not moving around, you're not uh, organizing and, and changing a lot of things. Uh, but this, this wind down routine is meant to be short. But if the child or the teen is not ready to go to sleep, it's mm -hmm. still a type of activity that can occur that is conducive to sleep where other things might not be. Right. Um, and it, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to just this week in the office, there, there was a teen who has a, a little bit of more compulsive type of behaviors and her routine, it, it wasn't doing this, but uh, cleaning her room. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, down to scrubbing baseboards and oh fans goodness. and things. So that's really, hardcore levels of cleaning. It right was there. quite activating, not wow. just putting your papers or your books right, right, together. Right. It was very activating. Um, the use of senses that we talked about in another podcast about something with your body, like a distraction, whether it's like 
a light tickling or a little massage and um, trying to get the child to do this to themselves rather than involving uh, another parent mm -hmm. can be very helpful. So teaching and instructing, um, uh, they can do massage even like on their stuffed animal, mm -hmm. um, you know, just something that's just very soothing. And this is a, one of those behaviors that can become a, um, not necessarily a coping strategy, but a visualization strategy still using tactile stimulus. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, yeah, you can rub a, a stuffed animal as a way to kind of manage stress, actually. Absolutely. And, you know, it is so important to just learn to recognize when you get sleepy because this is going to be a lifelong uh, beneficial aspect to improving sleep quality is paying attention to your body knowing when uh, your brain is starting to calm down and trying to help navigate to your bed or wherever you're sleeping so that you can uh, fall asleep much more quickly. Yes, I 100% agree. And it's a, a big part of that, I think, with, with kids is also recognizing what in the environment is really activating or turning them on. And what I mean by that is whether it's devices or you know shows on TV or anything else like that, it's learning to start reducing those things. Even if you just set a time, and I know, I know we mentioned not watching the clock, but even if you put your Wi-Fi router on a timer to where the internet just stops working after a certain time point in the day, um, or something else along those lines, that can be another helpful tool of where that's not the only part of the wind-down routine, but it can be a piece of that wind-down routine. Yeah, and I think um, kids are not ever too young to discuss about the importance of sleep and what it does to your body because when people understand and particularly kids and adults when they understand how important sleep is to your general health I think it makes it a priority and so much is competing for this uh, time and sleep turns into especially when you hear teenagers and young adults say you know it's just a waste of time or they you know they're not getting tired until later than they used to and so they don't really know how to follow those cues when they start getting tired or it's, or it's too late. It creates a lot of anxiety. You know, if they think they're supposed to be tired when their parents go to bed and they aren't, um, having a system of a wind-down type of routine and good sleep habits will actually help them not be so anxious when they can get them to sleep earlier than they would if they start getting anxious and getting revved up again. You got it. It's all about calming the mind and, and various different ways. So, I think that's great. Now, um, this sleep routine and the, the sleep habits and going into sleep doesn't just help you fall asleep initially, but it can be used throughout the night if you've woken up. And the shorter uh, the routine and the less involvement of other devices or other people, the better. Mm -hmm. I think we have we talked about the cognitive shuffling technique. I can't remember. I know we did a podcast episode on that one. That it was, probably deserves to yeah. talk about it again. So that's another, you know, thing that it, it typically can show up with a lot of my clients with kind of anxiety, but it's a relatively simple approach. And the idea behind it is that you're really looking to mimic some of the dream-like state experiences that your mind starts to do. And how it works is you just pick a random word that usually has kind of no real... Um, reactivity to it. So for example, you might pick like, you know, bedtime or you might pick um, uh, the word like uh, peach or something like that. And you start with each letter and 
first letter B, like let's say peach, for example, you say P, and you just think of how many words can you think of that start with the letter P. So you can say um, pepperoni. And so as soon as you, you know, think of that word, you just visualize, you know, an item like that. Um, or you could say, um, what's another P word? Popcorn. Popcorn. And visualize that image. And then you want to do several of these. So, you know, come up with as different, you know, as many items as you can. And then you move on to the next one. So the I next wonder one. how many engineers you take care of, because I will tell you this, this, uh, this would get very much detailed. They uh -huh. would have journals. They would be charting oh, all yeah. of these things. So, well, the goal with it. So then you move on to the next letter. You go on the E. So you could say like elephant or egg or any, any word that does that. The, <clears throat> the goal with it is that you're just creating random associations and that and enough to visualize an image of it and then just kind of let your mind let go of it so that you're not actually intentionally thinking of any specific kind of linear thought pattern if that makes sense so it's just another approach that can be helpful so great well i think i mean these are really good good tips uh not just for kids uh but it's really important to teach kids and half of the things that we do teach our our own kids or other people's kids in our clinical practices uh, they are extremely useful for us. Mm -hmm. Not that little that kids are small adults or not that adults are big kids, but we have to understand that we're all uh, human animals and that we do get entrained uh, both behaviorally, phys physiologically, um, socially into different habits. And the more that we learn how to control them in a, in a way that really benefits us from a health standpoint, the better. Absolutely. And again, the, the ultimate goal of what you're, you're doing is, you know, especially when you're younger, you're actually pretty resilient. You can bounce back from a lot of different kind of variations in sleep. But ultimately, what you're learning to do is creating a pattern of interacting with your own body at the end of the day, ideally, but really even throughout your day that helps support healthy kind of wind down sleep routines. Yeah, if you're looking for more ideas on some of these these patterns, you can definitely go online. Um, one of the sites that I send a lot of people to is the um, Healthy Sleep webpage of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine or the National Sleep Foundation. Dan, do you have any other places that you tell people to go online for ideas? Um, I do. Um, usually, though, it depends on what people are looking for. Um, there is um, a good, you know, workbook that I recommend a lot of people uh, take a look at. This is usually not for kiddos, though. This is usually more for adults. Um, do we want to chat about that one now? I think we should uh, okay. talk about that on another episode. Okay. All right. We'll cover that one in a future future review item. Um, but if you're interested in looking into it, it's called an insomnia workbook. And we're going to be talking about that in a couple weeks as we uh, have looked through it and review it. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Do we have a review item for this this episode? So this episode, you you brought with you today this um, massager. It's called the uh, Body Back. Uh, talk talk to me a little bit about this. Yeah, so I randomly kind of discovered this um, through I forget exactly how I came across it. I think it was one of my um, one of the conversations with one of my chronic pain clients about um, you know a device that you can help whenever you're like experiencing like maybe some like muscle tension in certain parts of your back or certain parts of your body that you can't really reach to very well and so what this is and there's lots of variations of it i think one of the original ones was called the theracane um, but this one is by um, body back and it's on amazon and it's called the the 
for the specific name. It looks like something you'd find in a karate studio. It is interesting. It is a it's a, it's thirty dollars on Amazon, and it's called the Body Back Buddy Elite, um, which is just kind of like a, um, a, a an assistive kind of device to hit various pressure points where you might feel some kind of pain. <laughs> Your face is hilarious. <laughs> Michelle is demonstrating it right now. But what you do with it um, is you actually kind of match up the numbers that are on the device itself to the different position. And it comes with this little manual that shows you where it matches up on. And the goal is that you just kind of hold some pressure there for about 10 seconds or so. And what then... immediately comes to mind is if you uh, have a problem with your rotator cuff, this uh, would be really good, like for people who can't lift up their arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure some of these maneuvers are going to work for quite a few people. But... Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, I would, and I would say, you know, the goal with anything like this is really just to kind of try what works for you specifically. Um, but one of the things that it can be helpful, especially on the, your feet, is where I found this to be more helpful, is that you can actually get some pressure points into there that might actually be helpful. Oh, this, there's one, uh, it's number nine, if you do look this up. It's like an armpit thing that looks really, really painful. <laughs> but reviews on Amazon, this one has 9,862 reviews, and it is four and a half stars. So again, take that with the, I know we talked about our Amazon reviews before, but... Um, I would say it's a it's an it's a worthwhile item to check out if you're looking for self massage and just kind of trigger point areas. Um, and again, it's not going to necessarily be magical on its own, but it can be another kind of assistive device um, that if maybe you're needing something to help alleviate some kind of muscle tension somewhere, it might be worth trying. Without medicine. Mm-hmm. You got it. Well, great. I think we're going to end up on this week's and uh, we will not be strangers like we were over the summer. We have to figure that out for next year. We do. We're going to come up, I think, with a season plan for 2022. Well, until next time, we will leave you with, um, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review us on um, anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. And we really welcome ideas for other um, topics for the podcast. And um, I hope you have a good week. All right. Take care. Sleep doesn't have to be hard. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and questions answers. Just talking about the disclaimer. Oh. Whoops. This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice. This podcast is not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health (laughs) conditions are major health issues that need to be individualized with your healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. Be sure to seek the services of a professional if you are in need of them. Until next time, Sleep Nation, 